The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In yesterday's sermon from our series on the book of Job, we were looking at Job chapter 22 and verse 21, where Eliphaz tells Job, Acquaint now thyself with him. Eliphaz was speaking of God, and he was actually getting on to Job because he didn't think Job knew enough about God. I realize that Eliphaz was improperly applying this principle, but the admonition that he gave to Job is one that we should take heed to. We need to know more and more about God as we walk with Him in this life. Yesterday, we began looking at this principle. We began to see that the way to know Him is to read His Word. Ultimately, we'll find that knowing God more and more will lead to peace and goodness in our lives. Join us today as we continue looking at this verse, Acquaint Thyself with Him. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
half of my problem in life is forgetting that I'm not God. You know, I've had that told me before. I had someone one time say, well, you're not God. And it's like, well, you're right. <laughs> I can't argue about that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, beloved, you're not God. I'm not God. But he is God. And there is none beside him. Over in chapter 7, just turn over there. Let's just look at this for a minute. I love chapter 7. Sometimes it would be good to go back and read it. Let's look at uh, beginning in verse 6. Moses is reminding them who they are. He said, Thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now I know this is the applicable specifically to Israel in, a, in, a, in, a, uh, in an earthly way, okay? But I want you to think about the fact that we are the new Israel. Well, actually, we've, we are Israel. It's the spiritual Israel. We are the spiritual Israel. And he says, the Lord has chosen you to be a special people unto himself. But notice in verse 7, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you because ye were more in number than any people. For ye were fewest of all people. Sometimes I ask myself, why did God choose me? Why did God choose his people? What was the purpose? Is there something in them? Were we just so great? Were we just so mighty? The children of Israel weren't great and mighty. They were the fewest of all people. Here's why God chose us. <laughs> but because the Lord loved you. And because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the hand of house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I've thought about this many times. I don't spend much time thinking about it anymore because it's really a waste of time when it comes down to it. Why did God choose me? Why did he choose you? I can't give you the answers. I just know it's because he loved us. That's why. And that's all we need to know. Because the Lord loved you, he chose you. Why did he love you? I have no idea. Because be quite honest with you, I'm not very lovable. <laughs> and if I knew you like God knows you, I'd probably have to come to the conclusion you're not very lovable either, at least not in your natural man. In fact, you're pretty hateful in your natural man because I know I am. But God loved us, and I can't give you a reason, but praise God that he did. Now, verse 9 is what I wanted to get to. Know, therefore... That the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Notice what he's saying. He's saying you need to know some things about the Lord. And that's a commandment, not a suggestion. Acquaint thyself with him. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I'm thankful for every member that's added to this church. I'm thankful for the growth we've experienced here, and I pray for more growth. And I'm expect. let me just say, I'm expecting it, okay? You know, when they say, they say when you pray for rain, you need to take an umbrella. <laughs> you need to take an umbrella if you're praying in faith. Well, I'm praying that the Lord will add our members to our body, and I believe there's His sheep that are out there that are hungry and thirsting for righteousness. They're thirsting for the truth. And I believe I want us to act and, and dwell together in peace here at this church in such a way and to preach the truth in such a way that the Lord will trust us with some more of those little sheep just to bring them on in to be fed. 
That's the whole purpose of the church is to feed the sheep. It's not to run the goats off. I'm sorry, sorry to say I grew up in some, under preaching sometimes. It seemed like all they were worried about was making sure there wasn't any goats in here. <laughs> I want to tell, say to you, beloved, I'm not worried about the goats. The Lord's going to take care of the goats. Goat ain't going to eat sheep food anyway. <laughs> He's not hungry for sheep food. He's hungry for something else. We got something built in to protect us from the goats. I'm not saying that. That, that trouble can't slip in. I'm not saying that even a, a reprobate who's not a child of God can't slip in. But I'm telling you, it'll be manifest pretty soon because we got something the world doesn't have. And that's the truth of God's word. We preach the truth and the sheep will be fed and the goats will be repelled. You see, and my job is to feed the sheep. It's not to run the goats off. As I said, I'm sorry to say, Brother Mackey probably knows what I'm talking about. But in years past, I'm afraid a lot of the preaching was trying to run off the goats. <laughs> I just want to feed the sheep. And that's all we need to do here is feed the sheep. But Peter said to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for everyone that's added to this church. But more importantly, I'm thankful for the church members who are here to grow in grace and knowledge. See, if you're not growing in grace and knowledge of the truth, then the church really isn't growing. You can add all the people you want to here, but you've just got a bunch of, a bunch of uneducated sheep. <laughs> a bunch of sheep that don't really know what it means to dwell in the kingdom. You know, there's kingdom living is not easy. You've got to press into the kingdom. You've got you to fight and take it by violence <laughs> sometimes. And it's not fighting against each other. I'm sorry to say that happens too. You know, sometimes I think we read it where, it where Peter says, fight the good fight. Sometimes we just say, fight the fight. <laughs> I'm afraid. We're not just to fight the fight. The only fight we're to fight is the good fight, you see. The good fight. And that's the fight against the flesh and against those things of darkness and promoting the things that promote peace and love and harmony. Yeah, it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Look with me over to Philippians chapter 3. Paul is writing here about the work that the Lord Jesus Christ has begun in them, that spiritual work. He says in chapter 3, in verse 7, he begins, he's talking about his struggle in this world. And, and by the way, isn't that primarily what we see every day as a struggle? I know the high doctrines of, this, of the Bible are important, but they're also practical. And here's what he says. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He's just told us about all the things, the confidence in the flesh that he could have above all others that he's writing to. But he says, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Looks like Paul is wanting to get acquainted with God. He's wanting to get acquainted with the Lord Jesus Christ. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I might win Christ. And by the way, he's not talking here about winning a way to heaven. He's talking about being found faithful in him. He goes on to say that and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now listen to this, that I may know him. That I may know him. I know Eliphaz didn't understand what he was saying, but he was right. Acquaint now thyself with him. 
Get to know him. Paul says, I'm trying all the ways that I know how to get to know him, that I may know him. Now, what is it I need to know about him? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. What is it we need to know about him? We need to know the power of his resurrection. Do you know there's no hope in Christ apart from the resurrection. If your church is not preaching the resurrection, if your church is not preaching a bloody sacrifice on the cross that led to a watery grave and ultimately the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you need to find a new church. Because I would submit to you it's probably not a church. Or if it is, it's gotten so far off, this candlestick is in danger of being removed. See, we need to acquaint ourselves with Him and His Resurrection, his crucifixion, his sufferings, the fellowship of his sufferings. You know what Paul's saying here? He's just simply saying, I want to be just like Christ. I just want to be like him. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And notice he's not saying I'm trying to figure out a way to work my way into getting resurrected. He says, not as though I had already attained. Either we're already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended by Christ Jesus. I like that. He kind of puts our struggle here in this life in perspective, doesn't he? You know what we're doing here? We're trying to apprehend Christ. That's what every day in our lives ought to be, is we're trying to apprehend. That word apprehend means to arrest or lay hands on. We're trying to apprehend Christ, but not in order that he, he might then do something for us to save us, because it says, that's for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. In other words, I'm trying to lay hands on him like he laid hands on me. You know, I heard Brother Neil Honey use this example and it resonated because it, it worked. It, it, I experienced that with my children. Um, we got a young one here tonight and uh, when they were about that age, you know, I'd be walking in the yard or maybe at Disney World or somewhere on a vacation and, uh, and I'd try to, especially one in particular who I will not name, but he was the youngest, uh, was, was uh, I would have his hand. I would have one of their hands in my hand. And I had them. They weren't getting away. But that little hand was just as open and twisting, trying to get away as much as he could. And I'd finally say, hold my hand. Hold my hand. And, you know, it wasn't because I was about to lose him because I had him. He was, too young. he was too little to get away from me. But I wanted him to know I had him and to hold on to me just like I was holding on to him. You see? And her. <laughs> Y'all did it too, girls. But he just did it more. <laughs> and, uh, but you see, that's what Paul is saying here. Paul's saying, I want to apprehend Jesus. I want to hold on to him like he's holding on to me. That's what I want. And notice the rest, the second part of that verse in Job. He said, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. And be at peace. You see, the result, the result and the goal of acquainting ourselves with Christ is ultimately to be at peace. To be at peace. You know, it's kind of a paradox 
We'll never fully know him. And yet we still can have the peace of God which passeth all understanding, as he tells us in Philippians chapter 4. You remember, you remember what we saw in Philippians 3 and verse 10, what it is that Paul is trying to know about Jesus? The power of his resurrection. Over in Ephesians chapter 3, turn with me. We're about to bring this to a close. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 3 for a minute, though. And we'll see some more of what Paul is trying to, to know about the Lord. In verse 14, he said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with, his, with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. That sounds like getting acquainted, doesn't it? that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's amazing, isn't it? That the more we get to know Him, the more we are filled with His fullness. That we, the more we get to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Look at that paradox. He's saying to us, you need to get to know the love of Christ. But oh, by the way, you'll never get to know the love of Christ. <laughs> you'll never fully know it. Oh, but I tell you something. The parts you will know, the parts you do come to know, will fill you with the fullness of God. Isn't that amazing? And that's kind of the way it ends here. In Eliphaz's statement, he says, Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Now, I know Eliphaz is applying this wrong. He's a prosperity gospel preacher. Name it and claim it. Send it in, and it'll come back to you. $100 to me, $10,000 to you. He's talking about some kind of earthly reaping, but I don't want to tell you, beloved, the good that he's... that that does come to those who get to know God better is the same kind of good that Isaiah talks about in his, the 26th chapter, the third verse. He says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. I don't know about you, but I need peace. You know, that's what I get when I get to know God better. That's what I get when I get to be more acquainted with him. And, and so I guess I hadn't really got to the, the punchline yet, have I? How do we get to know him? Preacher, how can I know him better? Well, it's pretty simple. In John 5, 39, Jesus made a statement to the Pharisees, and I know he was talking particularly about the Old Testament there. But what he said was, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they that testify me. You know, there's not a word pinned down in the Old Testament that doesn't somehow point us to Christ. And praise God, all the New Testament is about Christ, explicitly, openly. You know what this is here? This is a 66-chapter love letter that God has written to his children just to let us know more about him. I would love to have a 
one-on-one -on -one encounter with God like some of those Old Testament prophets did, but I don't need it anymore. And anybody that tells you they've had some special revelation from God, you can ignore them unless what they say matches up with what the Bible says. I've told you this many times, but J. Vernon McGee made the statement that if God spoke out of heaven today, he'd just repeat something he's already said. He has given us all we need to know about, about him. It's going to show our age, but I've already been talking about my dear wife and our 30-year marriage. We started dating in 1990, and that was back before really cell phones. I think we might have had bag phones back then, but uh, we didn't have cell phones and certainly didn't have email or nobody. I didn't even have a computer until I was in my third year of law school. And uh, so what, we, what did we do? Some of you young folks that I know are out there say, well, how in the world did you communicate? Well, we actually pulled out paper and wrote letters and we put addresses on them and stamp and put them in the mail. And I lived in Tuscaloosa at that time and it's particularly in the time we were dating now I'm talking about. I lived in Tuscaloosa during the week for the most part and Sherry was here teaching in the school system here in Pickens County. And every once in a while, Brother Mackey, I'd go to the mailbox. She'd write me a letter. I'd go, the, I'd go to the post office and I'd get that letter out. And let me tell you, I could not wait to open it. Sometimes I'd open it standing at the mailbox and stand there like a fool just reading while people you know, were trying to drive around me. Because I, was, I had a love letter from the one I love. And I thought about that as I was thinking about this message. We've got a love letter from the one who loves us the most. Oh, shouldn't we flee to it? I, I used to take those letters out and reread them. See, a while back, I, I found a box of them and I pulled a few out and reread them. And those old, same old feelings came flooding back. The excitement of, the, of getting that letter, and I remember details from the letter. You know what happens when I get away from the scriptures for a while and then I go back to them? Those same old feelings come flooding back. Now, I want to tell you now, the devil will try to keep you from reading. He's done a pretty good job of that to me today and some other days of this week and last week. He'll get you to thinking you don't, well, I just don't want to. And I, that's the feeling that I have sometimes. And if you'll be honest about it, you probably do too. And it's all of the old man saying, I don't need that. I don't want that. I'm too, sometimes I'm too mad to read the scripture. I know if I read it, I'll, I'll quit being mad. <laughs> you ever been there? I get so mad and I'm just, I'm, if I read the scripture, I'll feel good. And I don't want to feel good. I want to feel mad, you know. Because every time I go back to this love letter, those same old feelings come flooding back. I, I picked up, I don't even remember what I read here a while back. I was having a bad day. I was feeling awful. I don't mean just physically. I was physically feeling bad, but I was ill as a hornet. Man, I just was, I don't even know what I was mad at, you know, but I was just mad. And um, I got out the Bible. I don't even remember what I was reading. It, it wasn't anything, it was something in the Old Testament. It wasn't really, you know, any particular glorious thought about the resurrection or, or anything from Paul's writing. And, but just the more I read, the better I felt. I encourage you, acquaint yourself with him. And the good that will come of that is not material things, but spiritual blessings. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. 
I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.